Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, created weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United, along probably with quite a lot that you didn't. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Yeah, welcome. A, a slightly more conventional podcast this week. Just the two of us this week. No guests. No. But um, thanks for everybody who commented on last week's podcast, including the chap who said to me before the game on Saturday, I bet you weren't expecting the podcast to be that good this week. <laughs> <laughs> he said it to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah you weren't um, expecting that. Right? No, no, and well done to everybody well. for sticking with it. It was one of our, it was a marathon. Um, but not, of course, we don't rehearse these things. We don't plan them too yeah. much. Um, and when we get to the end of it, and we both look at each other and say, how much was that? Oh, was it? It's a long you know, one. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, well done to everybody. for Everybody uh, who stuck the distance. Who stuck it within us, and however many cups of tea or coffee it took. <laughs> it's an auspicious week this week as well, isn't it? Because it's exactly a year ago today that Gary Hours parted company with Talker United. Yeah. And it's exactly a year ago tomorrow, Friday the 13th. Uh, the it was Gary Thursday Johnson. the 13th last year, of course. So we <laughs> that Gary Johnson arrived. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit in a minute about the, the difference uh, the difference that's made. But Gary's been touching on it himself this morning. Well, obviously, we've, we've been asking about it at his weekly press conference. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's... I think he, he doesn't need um, repeating uh, too much. He, he's, he's spoken many times over the past 12 months about how um, much he's enjoyed it and enjoying it Um, but um, (laughs) unintentionally I think he said he he gave himself a little pat on the back he said I think he described it as well done to myself um, uh, um, for for making a good decision in coming here in the first place yeah Um, because obviously you don't know when you when that phone call comes and would you like to come and be our manager Um, obviously the the powers that be George Edwards and Clark Osborne did their best to sell Talk United to him and yeah. uh, all the stuff we know about, but uh, you know you're never quite sure till you walk in and get your feet under the table. No, that's you? true. And, um, uh, uh, he's very readily admitted that that uh, he's so pleased he took the job. Uh, don't yeah. forget this. Yeah. Ha- this came very soon after he had been sacked four games into the season yeah. at a club which he had effectively rescued and turned round. Mm-hmm. So you imagine what. A state of mind he was in in the wake of being sacked yeah, at Cheltenham yeah. um, uh, and uh, he, he would have perfectly uh, uh, understandably if he had turned around to George Edwards and Clark Osmond and said well look thanks ever so much for the call but you know I think uh, I need a bit of a break A I need a bit of a break and maybe at this time in my life you know you are talking about somebody who's you know the majority of his managerial career, the vast majority, is behind him. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, he might well have either said, "Look, I think I'm going to take a break," or I might call it a day. Yeah. And and everything, of course, we've seen of him over the last twelve months is of this extraordinarily energetic, um, up for it, yeah, dynamic yeah. man of sixty three, um, who continues to leave people half his age behind in, yeah, in, yeah. in just his sheer energy and enthusiasm uh, to say nothing of all this other mm. stuff he brings to the job. 
And I'd say, I know it's a job, but do you think he's enjoying it? Do you think deep down he's actually enjoying it? It's a job, it's a nine to five, you turn up, you drive all the way down the motorway every day. But do you think there's an enjoyment there as well? I, I, I think that um, I've never seen a manager that so visibly and clearly, uh, or never, I mean, lots over the years, but not for quite a long time, that, that, that so loves coming to work. And, um, you know, he and Aaron Downs, link up at Bristol yeah. uh, on a Monday morning. Um, they obviously stay down several nights of the week and others not. Um, you know, on a, they go usually, if, if, it's a, if it's a regular week without a midweek game, well, even if it is actually, they go home, they train Monday and Tuesday, and then if we've got a Tuesday game, they play obviously Tuesday, yeah. home Tuesday night, Wednesday night, back down first thing Thursday, then stay either for a home game or, yeah. or, or away game. So And then they get, obviously, Saturday night, Sunday night at home. Um, and there are arrangements in their contract for accommodation here. Um, uh, uh, and uh, there's many the, the occasions in which uh, Gary Johnson has decided to stay down for extra nights yeah. Um, yeah. At, his, at his own expense. Uh, and he, uh, he, he. I think we would all have known. You, you know, when you go to work and you speak to people on a regular basis, whether they're happy and enjoying or not. Yeah. And believe you me, yeah. he, he, he is. He, I've never ever seen a look on his face where he's going. Oh goodness sake! You know, I can't handle this yeah. anymore. And the, the very uh, uh, tellingly as well, there have been little episodes and moments which might have depressed him. In other words. Travellers on the training ground, yeah, you know, yeah. load of damage, pitches damaged, etc., etc., etc. He is the last person to be knocked down by that. Right, quite a yeah. lot of other people yeah. around the club, including myself, go, damn, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not my job to do that. I mean, I'm just a, I'm just an yeah. observer. But when you know how much work has gone into it. And over the years, you filled in a few rabbit holes and, and <laughs> helped with all of that kind of stuff. And then you see somebody coming onto the place, which, by the way, has been um, quite impressively repaired now. But yeah. uh, um, it, when you see that sort of stuff and players, ground staff, you know, are understandably dismayed when that sort of thing happens. Yeah. Gary Johnson is the last person. He goes, right, getting over that. We're not allowing that to get in the way. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not having yeah. that. I'm not having that. I'm not. He's the one who drives the resilience mm. uh, within, on the, right around around the football side of the club. Yeah. Do you think that's made a difference through the whole club? Because the the results themselves, as we said last week, haven't been all that much different. I mean, I know we're in a different league, but the results themselves haven't been all that much different. But the club is chalk and cheese. The the atmosphere around the club. Whereas this oh, time... Oh, you mean the first few results of the season? Yeah. Yeah. Before last Saturday, in other words, won three, drawn three, lost yeah. three. Yeah. yeah. Now, this time last year, it was flat. Yeah. It was a bit depressing. Yeah. You know, the fans yeah. were wringing their hands. The words chalk and, and cheese do come to... Yeah. Yeah. So, it is the difference all down to that that never-say-die personality? I, I, I think, when Gary Johnson... I think he, he did refer to the fact, um, uh, uh, sort of off the record, that when he first took over, um, mm. uh, he had... Uh, Hungerford away was the first match. Yeah. And they, they won that 2-0. The, the next game, I think, was Limington away in the FA Cup. They stuck seven past yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, Woking at home... Um, 
uh, coming back from two down at half time. He made that uh, very bold substitution. Two which substitutions. He's, he's explained he, the reasons. He for put it. his marker yeah. down. He did that yeah. first home game. He made two substitutions before half time. Chris Regis and Rory Keating off. I can't remember who came on at the moment, but never mind. Um, uh, United came from two down. It gave him a chance to. Uh, it wasn't the full East Thurrock hairdryer treatment, but it was. It was. It was a still laughing about that, by the way. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, was it was. It was working up to it. Yeah. Um, then I think it was Brightling Sea in the cup. They won that, and they managed immediately to put an unbeaten run together with lots of goals scored. And it just set the marker yeah. for how things were hopefully going to be. And he also, I mean, you know, you and I got on with Gary Hours, you know, reasonably oh, well. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and this is a, a very, you know, experienced football man who knows the game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when Gary Johnson walked in the place, it was, it's, it's a totally different personality and character. Um, and and he, the, he engaged with the fans straight away as well, yeah, didn't he? Which yeah. Gary Hours, I mean, he, struggled to do. He probably yeah. wouldn't have put that high on his list of priorities to engage I, with the. I think. Side. I think the trouble, you know, if you're not winning, mm. it's very hard to be popular with anybody, isn't it? Yeah. And and let's face it, Gary Hours was the manager who who was in charge when United went from the National League to the National League South, lowest point in the club's history. Yeah. You know, I think you know even he probably now would say that. You know, he he was a grateful, but b slightly fortunate to keep his job during the summer when Clark Osborne stuck with him. Yeah. Um. Uh, and in a way, you have to give Clark Osborne credit for the way he stuck with both Kevin Nicholson when he might well have mm. uh, yeah. on on Nico's own admission, uh, um, uh, he might have got the sack. He stuck with Gary Hours. You know, Clark Osborne isn't a man who likes and is a natural trigger happy. <laughs> owner um, uh, and uh, so it, the, the thing about Gary Johnson is he's everything you see with him with this sort of outgoing engaging very good with the fans all yeah. of that comes yeah. very naturally to him but behind all of that is a most analytical yeah. mind you will ever come across in football he does not miss a trick he sees the players picking their nose on the training ground, doing their tie-ups, yeah. everything. They can't get away with everything. And I've always been fascinated when I we've been having our sort of little private off-the-record chats, for which mm. I'm always grateful to him for, that I'll be chitty-chatting away about somebody and either trying to be nice or just trying to be straightforward in saying, oh, I th thought somebody did all right. And he'll turn around and say, no, he's rubbish. Yeah. And I'll go, whoops. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, and, or worse to that effect. Because he sees stuff far quicker and sooner mm. than the rest of us do. Um, and that comes from 30 years Experience, plus in coaching yeah. and management. Yeah. Um, and the last manager that I can remember feeling that way so completely... And it doesn't mean that many of the managers in between haven't been very good indeed. Yeah. But the last manager that I realised from chatting to him from time to time was Cyril Knowles. Cyril, yeah. no Cyril Knowles was 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 <laughs> he was a bastard like that. You know, I, I don't know. He was a great manager, and thank goodness we had him. And um, yeah. Uh, but he 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 was. And and you ask any of the players who played under him, mm -hmm. and and they would be on the training ground having tried and thought they might have got away with somebody and yeah. within seconds 
the volley used to it, the verbal There's volley. No hiding what? place. What? There's no yeah. hiding place no. at all. And uh, Gary is is yeah. is extraordinary like that. So he's got this mixture of carrot and stick, yeah. which is crucial in any form of map management, whether it's football or anything else. And and uh, he he's he's a very clever man. Yeah. You know and and. What's not to like about having a football manager who's a very clever man? In other words, when he walks into the dressing room or walks into a training ground situation or a match situation, all the players immediately, he's got their attention. They tune in straight away. Tune in yeah. straight away because yeah. not one of them is thinking, oh, here he goes again, or, or blah, 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 blah. That doesn't happen. He's always, or mostly, yeah, one step ahead of them. Yeah. And and that's a hell of a thing for a manager to be, and and as and as lots of old very experienced managers will say, and and we'll see what happens in in due course, but there are managers who will say, after two three years, Cyril always used to say this to me, said Dave, after two or three years, either you have to go or the players have to go, yeah, because and we've seen that happen because we? you've said yeah. you know if yeah. you've been managing passionately and right up for it and on top of the thing the whole time. After two or three years, quite the effect starts to, or can start to wear off. The players have heard you have that little rant before. Yeah. They have heard you put this session on before and say the same things. Um, some of them haven't. And the, and the managers like the Alex Ferguson's, where they're so well established that mm. they, they can manage to change teams as they go along. And obviously the way Ferguson used to suddenly yeah. bomb out two, three, four players that yeah. everybody thought were... Yeah. But he would always do that before they fell off the cliff or just came off it. Bucks did it as well, didn't he? Paul Buckle was He, he was pretty uh, uh, quick were, on There were some that. player departures that raised a few eyebrows, weren't there? Absolutely. Now, uh, you, you don't always get everything no. right. Of course you don't. You know, I mean, I, I always say to people when we're chatting about these things, if a manager signs 10, 10 players, if you get six to seven right... Yeah. Yeah. Two or three average and a couple wrong. He's doing brilliantly. Yeah. You're not going to get, especially in lower division football, you're not going to get ten great signings that all. Mm. It's it just that's the nature of the beast. Yeah. Um, so then, it'll be interesting that yeah. that, that Gary, um, uh, you know, who is very happy here and has absolutely no thoughts of going anywhere else. He's on a mission to try and get United back in the mm. league. Um, and uh, who knows what will happen two or three years down the line, but. Um, it's it's all about managing people. Well, and, he, and he's brought in a team around him as well, hasn't he? He's brought in, we shouldn't underestimate the strength of that team that he's brought in. Absolutely around him. not. No, he's he's got Aaron Downs, yeah, very promising young manager in the making. Hopefully, yeah. Sean Taylor, very underestimated character. Um, Phil Osborne, the goalkeeping coach. Sean Taylor's on the training ground. Obviously, he looks after United's under eighteen team as well. Yeah. Uh, the lads love playing for him in that in that team. Yeah. Sean isn't a naturally um, a, a microphone and cameras man. No. Definitely not. But very great, dry sense of humour. Knows the game inside out. Very good player himself. Mm -hmm. um, Phil Osborne, yeah. uh, who's who's made a huge success of the goal, goalkeeping coach's job. Um, you know, plus. Russell Cleave, Kai Hepworth, now the the and Gary's brother Peter Johnson. Yeah. The, the, I I I am absolutely confident there is no club outside the football league and maybe even in the football league that has got a man a backroom team 
as strong and as clued up no. as, as United have got at the moment. So moving on to the recent games, they were certainly put to the test against Harrogate on Saturday when they suddenly, well, not suddenly for them, but suddenly for the fans arrived to find a lot of players injured. Well, I think yeah, we, we, we all turned up, didn't we? we you and I are, there, are always there quite early and, and the, the early birds who are inside the ground that paid to come in, you know, and you saw four or five players in their full tracksuits milling around outside the tunnel and you're going, whoops. He's not playing. He's Hang not playing. He's, he's not, not playing. playing. Yeah. And ended up with, with the only one who, who wasn't there was Conor Lemonhay-Evans. Um, yeah. Who was also injured, and we'll get on to that in a minute. Yeah. But but six senior players uh, unavailable last Saturday, um, a big ask. Yeah, a big ask for any squad in this division. I don't care what anybody says. You take t- six t- senior players. Yeah, you know, uh, of blokes who who have all started matches and were starting most of the time. Um, so- so they, the players who were out, Jean-Yves Kouignati was concussed. Concussed. Against... He's, he's, we'll also get on to this in a minute about football injuries. Yeah. But yeah. Jean-Yves uh, finished the match against Hartlepool with what we now know is concussion. Yeah. And he's been out since. Um and anybody, is that, anybody, is that a clash of heads. Or did, yeah, did I think you know so. Who he did it, or was no, it? No, I think it was a yeah. clash of heads yeah. going up for a header. Yeah. Uh, and anybody that's had a chat to him in the last couple of weeks will know what a bang he must have taken. Yeah, uh, and he's still recovering from that. I'm not sure if he'll be back this weekend. But yes, go on. Right, he was one. He was one. I mean, Conor Lemonhay Evans. Um, let's park him for a moment. We'll come back to him because that's um, that's that's going to be quite significant for yeah. a little while. But the, some of the players. Who maybe are a little bit closer to uh, to coming back? Uh, Rory, Rory Keating, a late casualty in training last Friday, thigh yeah. strain. I'm pretty sure it was a thigh, it was a thigh or calf strain. You know, he was he was the last one to join the list. Yeah. You know, I think Gary Gary must have been planning his team for Saturday, going, well, hold on, oh, hang on, mate, we've definitely got Rory. At least we got Rory. Yeah. No, we haven't. <laughs> Armani Little um, casualty of the midweek draw ham- Woking hamstring strain hamstring strain uh, um, he's maybe back this weekend yeah um, Opie Edwards has been out for a little while maybe back for this weekend yeah. with a, an, an ankle injury he's been training in quotes for a little while now um, but um, you know training's one thing and being yeah. ready to go in for a game's another the skipper Asa, Asa uh, Hall, uh, there again, uh, he he broke a toe in the first half at yeah uh, what or we what we now know broke um, one of his little toes in in the first half at Woking. Now I've never broken a toe, but people who have tell me it bloody hurts. Yeah, it, you know, in, in other words, it hurts, <laughs> hurts, oh, hurts, yeah, a lot. Uh, he got through the second half at Woking with that. Yeah, I wrote down at half time. When I saw Jake Andrews limbering up, ready to come on, we I, I I put Hall down as being replaced. Yeah. <laughs> as it turned out, when they came out for the second horse, it, second half, it was Conor Lemonhay Evans who had finished the first half with a, with an injury we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. But couldn't come out for the second. Asa Hall, who had taken a hell of a whack and looked like he was struggling big time, he comes out and finishes the match. Yeah. Or uh, I think he he may have been taken off right near the end. Uh, he will be two, three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, nasty things. I mean, there's nothing well, there's you can not do. Wrong. No, actually, nothing you can do. No, with a broken you can't toe. wrap somebody's foot in plaster for a no. for a broken toe. Apart they're, they're, from they're, not play football, exactly, and not weeks. do an awful lot to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. But um, so he won't be long. 
Okay, but Connor Lemon Hay Evans may be out for a little bit longer. Yeah, we we're looking uh, six weeks, maybe a little bit longer. He's got yeah. an operation. He picked up a, a very heavy tackle at, at Woking uh, and um, hurt his ankle. And, there's, and the, the, he's having. It's not a massive issue. It's a routine um, oper- repair operation on his yeah. ankle, an ankle ligament operation. But it's not like a rebuild or anything like that. Um, but he's going to be out for. Um, probably at least a month, yeah, maybe six weeks, something like that. I'm not. That's in the lap of the gods, but so. And that was just at the point where that partnership between him and Jamie Reed up front was just beginning. Where you could think, ah, oh, yeah, I can see what they're well, trying to he'd, do here. He'd, in terms of results and and in setting up goals and everything, I mm. mean, you know, plenty of people thought that Conor Lemon Havens was a midfielder, full stop. But uh, playing in that kind of Role just behind Reed. Yeah, he he was he had been doing pretty well. So he's now out of the equation for a little while. And of course, all of this made it so much more important that a couple of days earlier, um, Gary Johnson had signed Ben Whitfield and Robbie Cundy yeah. on loan from um, Bristol City. Because the team that turned out against Harrogate, when you looked at the team sheet. And I think you said actually, I put it in the blog at one point that um, you know if they can get anything out of this game. Having had to put that team out, this will be a tremendous result. And especially the way the game went. Yeah, indeed. Um, But Whitfield and Cundy came straight in. Yes. Louis Slough was on the bench, which is obviously good experience for him. Ryan Dixon. I'm just going to come to Ryan Dixon. Yeah. A big big return to the team, isn't it? Well, uh, you know... He again exactly like last season. He'd been out with quite a was that a knee injury or ankle injury last year? I can't remember. No, no, I tell you, no, it was a hairline fracture. It was a hairline fracture injury from on the training ground very early in the season. Knocked him out. He had to come in. I well remember the game. Wheelston away. United played very well and won three nil. He went straight from training to starting a match. Yeah, yeah. And he did exactly the same last Saturday. He didn't start last Saturday. But no warm-up game, which they'd been trying to organise but couldn't do that, especially with the numbers they've got at the moment. Ryan Dixon comes on straight into that... that well, he didn't play left midfield. He played left centre midfield, didn't yeah. he? And last 20 minutes, half an hour, what an influential he's player. He's a good player, isn't he? Yeah. He's a, he's and, a and Gary has been player. talking this yeah. week about how great it is to have him back in yeah. a young squad where there aren't many senior pros anyway. And without shouting his mouth off and raising his voice very often, he, he comes up with stuff in the dressing room, training ground days, yeah. which, as Gary, I think the phrase he used was, um, it's nearly always stuff that people can take on board. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is quite a nice way of putting it, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. And, and uh, to him, for him to be able to come back into the, mm. uh, into the equation was, was mega plus. And if you, I mean, your elder statesman Asa Hall is going to be out for a couple of weeks there you go. to bring a, an experienced pro like Ryan Dixon into the yes. side has got to be a plus. Hasn't yeah, it? exactly. And 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 we, we, I still think he's short of being able to actually start a game and get through ninety yeah. minutes. Um, you know, but you're talking somebody who's played oh, I dread it, it's four hundred and something games, something yeah. like that. You know, and and uh, he's just in the, in the last what ten minutes against. Um, Harrogate, and we yeah. saw it many times last season in the National League South. Him and Liam Davis get together on the left-hand side, don't they? And virtually, you can start telling the opposition, "Well, go on, then you try and get the ball off them." Yeah, because uh, they true. just, yeah. you know, and and his that they see the same picture. Their passing is is quality. They they're just two very good mm. footballers, and um, 
Uh, congratulations to Liam Davis, by the way, on picking up the uh, the new Ian Twitchin Memorial Trophy, which he did last yeah. Sunday. Yeah. For, yeah. Um, the most appearances last season, season. Uh, which was 48, and he couldn't make any more because he started he was, every game. He was ever present. Absolutely. Say, yeah. So yeah. well done to him. So, no, having Davis and yeah. Dixon back together as a potential partnership down, down that left-hand side is, is tick, tick, tick. Yeah. And the, the the two new players who started, I thought they both had decent games. Yeah. I mean, Whitfield is is going to be popular with the fans, isn't he? I mean, he's he's a live wire. He gets involved in everything. He he had a chance in the first couple of minutes. Yeah. Cut in from the flanks a couple of times and had a go. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Gary Johnson said, and I think it's worth mentioning, he's he's not been training with the Port Vale first team hmm. um, for quite a while because obviously he and John Askey, the Vale manager. You know, have not seen eye to eye. I, I don't think. Um, uh, so he's he's not really been no. uh, playing match f- football, and yet he managed to get through ninety minutes last Saturday. And Gary Johnson was making the point of is when we get him up to one hundred percent, as opposed to ninety five, people will see even more of it. Yeah, we liked him. And Robbie Cundy, of course, had to come in at centre half against <laughs> Mr. John Stead. <laughs> He, he hit the woodwork, didn't he? Kind yeah, he did with a header. Yeah, good yeah. effort. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was a little bit unlucky with the penalty. There wasn't much in it. it but there it, doesn't has to have to be much in it. Does no, it? no. It was the old pro managed to get himself in yeah. between him and the goal, didn't he? And any contact yeah. from behind, then you know, uh, Robbie Candy tried to stop himself. You could see his arms yeah. go out, but you know there was contact there, and and yeah. John Stead has been around long enough to know in those circumstances, and it was a penalty. Let's talk about John Stead a little bit because he was so unlucky to be sent off. I, mean, I think he was. I know he changed the game yeah. and we wouldn't have it any other way because things weren't going brilliantly for us at no. that moment. But if you look at it on the video, I mean, okay, the foul in the first half, that's a booking because it was the latest in a series of, not serious, but you know, the yeah. referee just almost looked around the ground and said, look, I, I let you have that one, I let you have that one, I'm booking you for this one. But the handball, it wasn't much more than the shrug of the shoulders, was it, really? It wasn't, but uh, um, you're, you're on a booking. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Give, give Jake Andrews a bit of credit here. He has flicked the ball past, up and past um, Stead, uh, Stead yeah. who has, it's almost an instinctive reaction, isn't it? It's not, he hasn't put his arm out. No. He's just moved his elbow just enough. Yeah. And the referee... 99 times out of 100, he'd probably have got away with it. Yeah. He protested afterwards that the ball hit his shoulder anyway. I'm mm-hmm. not sure about that. It's quite difficult to see from the replays. But the referee was in a very good position. The ref, Aaron Jackson, turned round and you saw in his instant reaction, Yeah. you've thrown an elbow at that. You've thrown an arm at that. And and it was it was like, hold on a minute, that's deliberate. And that's um, a booking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, okay, you can call it unlucky. I, I, I felt a bit got sorry. A, for yes, him, well, well, yeah, exactly. Say, yeah. I mean, to get sent off for that was pretty desperate, wasn't yeah. it? And and uh, you know, he was he was unlucky in as much he got caught in a circumstance. It wasn't an arm out. He hasn't thrown. No. It, it, no. He hasn't tried to. Sort of, but he's moved his elbow towards the ball. Whatever it hit, it hit, and the referee's seen it. Yeah, yeah, true, true. There were a lot of good things to take away from that game. Um, the, the the main one being a fantastic goal by the man who's been dubbed Calvin Stardust by Rachel Malak. That's not mine. Credit to Rachel on uh, on Twitter. Calvin Stardust. But what a goal that was, wasn't it? 
Well, we're not. We're, we said last week we're not scoring simple goals these days. No, are we? we're getting no. worldies all the time. No, and 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 here here we are into the old argument about you know how good is he, how talented is he, etc. etc. Et yeah, and how frustrating it, is he? Uh, yes, okay, you can say yeah. he's, he's frustrating, but. He is a very, very different player to to Elliot Bennion. Of course, he is, and isn't this? Yeah, no huge difference apart from the fact that they play in different positions. But um, I remember when Elliot Bennion was playing under Paul Buckle, he used to come on as a substitute for the last twenty minutes, all busyness and running around, and he was quite a good finisher, wasn't he? And he nearly always used to come in on and score off the bench. And everybody used to hammer Paul Buckman and say, there you are again, why the hell yeah. don't you start with him? And then every now and again he used to start with him. And of course, he wasn't quite ready and wasn't quite strong enough, wasn't quite quick enough when yeah. the defenders were fresh and those little five and six yard spaces weren't there. And he had to, to learn how to be a starting player and it took him another couple of years to do it. Yeah. Uh, um, Calvin Kalala in a different position and for different reasons is still in that situation Yeah, we've all seen him start games I mean we've seen him start games in the National League South last season where he was very good but we've but we've seen him start games and uh, the opposition have clearly warned about him mm -hmm. they've doubled up on him in marking and sometimes in those situations where he hasn't got that extra two or three yards of, of room he makes the wrong option Holds onto the ball too long, loses it, etc., etc., etc. It's not a crime. He's learning. Yeah. You bring him on with twenty minutes, half an hour to go, and he does have those three or four yards to work with, and the and the little extra seconds that go with it. Yeah. And you get last sanity. I mean, they just could not handle him. Could didn't know what to do. No, exactly. And he's got this wonderful, wonderful ability, and. I think it's just going to be great watching him, hopefully, which I think mm -hmm. we, we, Gary Johnson is, is pretty confident he will do, learning yeah. and taking it on board and just gradually turning himself into the player we all yeah. hope that he can be. We're going to have, the hopefully, the pleasure and the privilege of watching that happen. Mm. Well, uh, I think it should be good fun. Oh, it'll be enjoyable. Yeah. It'll be unpredictable. Yes, it Because you be, never it, quite know which, no. uh, which Calvin you're going to get, do no, you? No, but really deep down... Do do Talker United fans want to watch a team of sort of older pros who aren't actually going anywhere, mm. who are down here for another couple of years of their contracts, um, who may or may not deliver for you, um, who are costing quite a lot of money? Yeah. Uh, or do you want to see, you know, a young potential, full of potential, improving team who are pretty good now? Yeah, and are capable in games, but should basically get better and better as the time goes on. I th I'd rather have the second to be yeah. perfectly honest with you. And and uh, you know I, the, the, he isn't the only one. No, he isn't, isn't the only well, one. Well, there's another there's another big puzzle in that team at the moment, and that's Manny Duku because yeah. we know what Manny Duku can can do. Gary yeah. Johnson's seen it, yeah. and Gary's a shrewd judge of players. Yeah. So there's something in there, but he hasn't just quite. Hit the mark yet? Has no, he? he hasn't, and and uh, he, he's he's just in the place really, hmm. you know. And players settle into a club and into a team and into all of that at different rates. Yeah, you all hope that they are there, bang, and right from the word go. And Gary Johnson's one of the managers that, believe you me, wants to see that. Yeah, but um, and that, funny enough, at Woking, God, it seems like an age ago now. It was only ten days or so. 
at Woking for the one-all draw, in the first half at Woking, that was the first signs that he and Jamie Reid were, were starting to work together and set things up for each other. Yeah, I, uh, I Manny Duku produced a couple of yeah. brilliant yeah. passes that night. And and then that was, you know, it was force of circumstance that was interrupted. Um, and he has had those days where, it, it you know, he, he he's not torn any trees up, put it like that. But, um, uh, uh, you know, the jury is still out with him. But yeah. the jury is out. The jury hasn't come back and delivered its verdict yet. No. So I, I, I think you know he, he's he's got the tools for the job. We can all see that. Um, uh, I think there are, he looks like somebody who's reacting to things at the moment rather yeah. than anticipating yeah. stuff. But that comes with confidence. You, when when you start anticipating stuff and moving before the defender, yeah. that's usually because you, you're in, you're confident that you know you can pull things off or things will fall for you uh, and that isn't quite happening at the moment but you have to earn all that yeah. you have to earn it all and and you look like you know somebody like Ben Whitfield he's totally a different player different position but he came on at Woking buzz 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 loads of effort fans like that straight away yeah uh, um, he did the same against Harrogate last Saturday um, when you are able to deliver that kind of busyness yeah it's it's a it's a great thing to be able to fall back on. I think you know Manny Duco is a, is a lanky, uh, a target man centre forward. He reminds me very much of Andy McFarlane, who was another player in the same kind. You knew oh, there right. were great goals in Andy McFarlane because yeah. you'd seen some. Yeah, he got four against us. Just going for one or two against us. Yeah, um, but you know you always knew that he was going to deliver, but. There were times when you got frustrated for him because yeah. you could see things weren't running for him, and, and Manny Duku reminds me of him a little bit. I yeah, I, I I take that point. Yeah, I, I you know he, he's uh, he, he's let's 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 wait oh, and let, see how, how I want to see him get a couple of goals. Once yes, he's exactly, got a couple of goals, exactly. He'll exactly. be off and running. Right? Yeah, I, I yeah. think that you know fingers crossed that, that that will happen. Yeah, um, and at the moment with with the the manpower issues. Um, from his point of view, with a bit of luck, he yeah. may get a run of games now. Yeah. Um, and you do, in some positions, need a run of games. When you're striker or centre forward, it's a very black and white position. It's a bit like goalkeeper, isn't yeah. it? You make a mistake, you miss a goal, everybody can see it. Yeah. yeah. You make a mistake, you let a goal in, everybody can see it. You have less, sometimes, midfield players, crash, bang, wallop, dut, 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 dut. misplaced whilst one minute, Hit a good one the next. It's it's yeah. whereas for a striker it can often um, you know your mistakes stand out, you know, and your successes stand out. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know they're playing on that last crucial area. Mm. You know, as as Brian Clough used to say, the hardest thing in football is to score a goal. And yeah. and um, uh, you know. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 it'll a difficult position, and it'll be interesting to see how good he to goes. See him when yes, it will. When he it does will. get one, yeah. it will be indeed. A uh, player who's really among the goals. We said last week he must feel like he can score every time he goes on the field, and he scored twice. And he does, <laughs> <laughs> effectively. Jimmy, this seven goals in ten games moment, this season. He? He, yeah. he he is just uh, um, a happy bunny. He is yeah. a, a very happy Jamie Reed, and we've all seen him walk around the pitch with a. You know that frown on his face and nothing working for him at all, and 
um, it was, of course, as some United fans were <laughs> Gary Charles was saying last week that it was, he told him, isn't it about time you got a tap in for us to go to all, all these goal of the season contenders? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about his second one before we talk about his first one. His tap was in. another. His second one was oh, another great finish. Was. You know, he made the space for himself. He got that little touch to take the ball wide of the defender and Very then picks good. a spot and scores. Yeah, and, and that is the, 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 the work of, and I know you can't go out and buy it in bottles, of a confident yeah. striker. Yeah. He believes he is going to stick the ball in the back of the net whenever he gets a good chance and he, and he gets it right. Yeah. The, 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 the moment that I keep thinking about is a goal he didn't score which was at Woking, hmm. um, on a great ball by, by Manny Duku, a crossfield pass, and he cut back on the defender just on the edge of the box, and he hit this thing absolutely, you know, Craig Ross is a good goalkeeper, never sniffed it, hit the angle of post and bar and came out. Yeah. He hit it too well, yeah. uh, and, and but he's in that mood at the moment. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, what, what's his record? I think he's, he's scored 48 goals now. Yeah, in total for United, he's just made his hundred and fiftieth appearance for the club, and thirty nine of them have yeah. come since September the first last year. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? Now you know, and that shows yeah. a it's a pretty good strike rate anyway. Forty eight in fifty in in one hundred fifty goal every three every yeah. three games. Most strikers would probably go along with that, but you narrow it down to the fact that he scored thirty nine of them. I think that's I'm, I've got my figures right. Um, since September the first, yeah. in a calendar year, effectively, um, astonishing, absolutely astonishing. It's right up there with any striker in the country at the moment, if not, if not better. Mm. Um, and yeah, he, he's. Uh, this, this is the great thing now, isn't it? Can he and Duku become the pair of strikers that everybody in this division dreads playing against? We need a smash and grab, don't we? There you go. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, it'll be it'll interesting be to see it. He's, if it happens, he's got a long way to go. We were just looking at the the on the Talkie Fan Stats website earlier on at the the top goal scorers, the top oh, ten. Yes. I think in tenth place. Talk amongst yourselves for a moment because uh, my computer's gone to sleep. There's all sorts of of interesting characters in and around the number of goals that that Reedy scored. Um, right. Obviously, there's there's quite a few who are. Yeah, way way ahead. But um, the tenth place in the all-time goal scorers is Jeff Cox on oh, sixty-eight. Well, he was an inside forward midfield player. And yeah, there you go. Uh, um, no, he's he must be ready to move into the top ten. You'd have thought, doesn't oh, he? How much? How many did Jeff score? Jeff scored sixty-eight. Oh, right, but really, he's got then twenty to go. The top that. ten, a bit of Alan Freeman here. Then the top ten, uh, number nine, Jack Conley, fifties. Uh, yeah. Eighth is Don Mills on eighty-four. Yeah, uh, and it's the same number actually. Uh, seventh is Albert Hutchinson, back also, in the 30s. also on eighty-four. Yeah. Steve Cooper is the most recent occupant of the top ten. Is he? And he's on nineties. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and of course, the vast majority of Steve Cooper's goals are scored with his head. Yeah, which you can't yeah. say for really. <laughs> uh, Ernie Pym is fifth on Winger. ninety-four. Ron Shaw fourth on one hundred and six. Winger. Then it starts to jump up a bit. Robin Stubbs. His third. There you go. 133 goals for Torquay. Tommy Northcott in second place with 150. Yeah. And then a big leap up to Sammy Collins, 219 goals. Yeah. 
the talking um, back in the fifties and sixties, early sixties. Uh, yes, I think he might have made it just into the into yeah. the sixties. Yeah, um, but there's no reason why he really can't. No, Sammy Collins also was the. I um, mean, he was a, he was obviously a hell of a strike. You don't score that many goals unless you're very very good indeed. But he was the ultimate tap-in merchant. Was he? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, he played with a whole series of centre forwards who right place, he, right time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 But that's part of the skill, isn't oh, it? Is being in that right place, yeah. right time. Um, and. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, Jamie Reid, the, the extraordinary thing is, he scored seven goals this season. We all kept our fingers crossed that he could maintain the same score, i.e. do it in the National League as yeah. opposed to the National League South. He's doing better <laughs> than, he than he did last season. Yeah. And, you know, we come back to this thing, every single time he got the scores, it's a goal of the season contender. Yeah. We, we, we were all yeah. pinching ourselves, weren't we? And then, of course, Gary had asked him to, would you mind Would you mind coming up with a tap-in at some stage? And he duly but, did. And he duly did. And as Gary Johnson <laughs> said afterwards, but please not, don't hit the goalkeeper before you do it. Because he, he, uh, it, it was a tap-in from his own saved penalty. What is it with us and penalties then? Because before the penalty was taken on Saturday, half of Playmore was thinking... Well, he's not going to get that. You know, the keeper's going to guess right. The keeper's going to get there. It doesn't matter where he puts it. The keeper's going to know. We've just kind of got that superstition now, haven't we? That I, we're not going to score a penalty. Well, of course, I think about five or six players have taken penalties yeah. for United over the course of the past year. Reed is definitely on them at the moment. Um, uh, I, I'm, thank God, I've, ne- I've, I've never been entrusted with anything like that responsibility to go and sc- score from a penalty spot with those things at stake. But I'm a great believer that penalty taking is not actually about the shot. Mm. It's about the weight. Okay. The weight. Yeah. All the top penalty takers virtually kid or wait for the goalkeeper to dive. Yeah. They strike yeah. the striking of the ball is the least of their worries. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. they wait for the goalkeeper. If you if you watch the top ones doing it, there's an interesting one at the moment, Lyle, um uh, at Charlton. Um, okay. Lyle Taylor at Charlton. If you, if you can call it up, he starts outside the penalty area. Yeah. And walks up to the ball. Right. It's about it's about yeah. twelve yard walk yeah. up to the ball, and the keeper's going on his line, one foot to the other, one foot to the other, and he waits. He just delays that split second for yeah. the keeper. He hasn't already decided I'm going right or left, because that if you think about it, that's somebody who's worried about. The connection with the ball and the shot. Yeah. He goes, I'm waiting until you commit yourself. I mean, he may well have more or less decided, yeah. but you know what I mean? You 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 do not want if if you go for one corner and the keeper guesses right, yeah, there's a hell of a chance he's gonna save it. Yeah. There is. Yeah. Okay. So everybody comes up with various theories, oh, you've got to lift the ball, you've got to put it in the top half of the goal ball all the time. But you look at the top, top players. The messies and the, these sort of people, the real cute guys. Yeah, they look like they're never going to miss. No, it's true. And they just, they yeah. just, it's almost like this, they're looking at the keeper and saying, "Well, go on then. <laughs> You're not going to." No. And it's that ability to to delay the shot until the last split second. Yeah. They're going to they're going to get a good contact anyway. They know they are. They're they're that good. They're they're, yeah. they're, they're that confident. And. It's a gift. It's a gift to be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, and it requires a bit of arrogance. 
Um, and believe you me, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I bore everybody by saying I still think Jake Andrews is the best is the best penalty taker at Torquay, yeah. and I know he missed the one at Bath and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's because he's got that combination, and he's still young, so uh, yeah. you know it'll probably be a, a few years until he takes every penalty for whoever club he's playing for. But he's got that combination of ball striking ability and a slight streak of arrogance yeah. in him. That when he runs up to the ball, he can look the goalkeeper in the eye and go, you ain't saving this, mate. Um, so if we get a penalty up at Chesterfield on Saturday, does, does Reedy really get it? Absolutely yeah. does. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And quite right, to, and yeah. quite right too. Um, no, Gary Johnson was confirming that today. Um, yeah. And look, Reedy's record is pretty good. I mean, mm. uh, last season he went the whole run of them. And... Uh, and he was he was sticking the ball in the corner, which is least natural to him, really, i.e. the bottom right. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, and he put a whole series of penalties into that corner. And then, of course, you have to start thinking about changing it because keepers do their homework, managers, scouts do their homework, etc., etc., etc. And then they started going that way. Yeah. Now, do you go right? When's the time to switch? It's, yeah. a, it's a it's it's a difficult one. It's a science, isn't it? Well, it, it yeah. I don't feel quite and, so bad about the one I missed in football training last night. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, yeah, feel you know, and it. and it's these things are very easy for us to pontificate about yeah. here, because you know, we don't actually have to do it. Um, but uh, no, no, he, he's he, he's doing very well. He he got a good contact. You know, it was it was a strong shot. Yeah, the keeper couldn't hold it. Came back to him and he stuck it in the net. One um, one fan said to me after the game. Um, last Saturday said you know who I'd have taken penalties Lucas Kovalak well a lot of people say who is the person who takes more dead, dead ball kicks than anybody else on the pitch yeah. the goalkeeper they usually are good strikers of the ball Yeah, I agree with you I would have thought well the fir- one of the first people you turn to to take penalties should be the goalkeeper but Gareth House was alright <laughs> <laughs> there you go but you've got to want to do it yeah. haven't you yeah. you have got to want to do it and uh, um, you know, you think about the real dead, the re- very good dead ball kicking goalies. I'd have thought Kevin Deaner would be nailed on yeah. in Leroy Rosinia's time and Roy McFarlane's time. We're nailed on to take a penalty, but I'm sure if he'd stuck his hand up, he could have done it if he wanted to, and he never did. Yeah, it's so, fraught, fraught with danger, though, isn't it? If you miss one, oh, you've got a long way to get back. Before, yeah, uh, all of that. Yeah, you know, and I suppose the other point is, is you know, the ball is in play. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if you're going to have a goalkeeper taking the penalties. Don't think so. No. Um, uh, but but purely from you know because obviously what if the keeper saves it the ball is in play. Yeah. And that's why you know last Saturday obviously um, really is allowed to stick it in the net. But uh, uh, so I think that's a, a, a sort of a fool's paradise really much as we would like to see it. But um, no, it's it's uh, uh, you know really was very alert and it was quite a yeah. cool little finish. He didn't like in the heat of the moment sort of trip over himself trying to put it in the no. back of the net. Um, and uh, no, how wonderfully well he's doing, and um, he, 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 you, you wouldn't bet against him scoring any game. in any no. in any game at the moment. It's a pleasure to be watching him in this it kind is. of form, and he doesn't it? actually need a load of chances at the moment. No, no. Um, it's not like it's you know four chances scores one. It's uh, no very good, good stuff. So looking ahead to Chesterfield, um, wow, what a that's going to be a t- see. They were a lot of people's tip. To do really well. Well, in you look league. at their squad, and I'm not surprised. Yeah. And they're rock bottom. They haven't won a game yet. No. And I know that 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 scenario fills many United Hate fans with, that. Yeah. With, with, <laughs> with dread. Uh, I, I'm sure many Torquay fans would be much happier if United were heading up to Derbyshire 
uh, after Chesterfield have won a couple. Yeah. Um, but they haven't. They haven't won one yet. Um, the, the club even had to put out a statement this week trying to calm everybody down, um, you know, referring to how disappointing it was and a very bad situation, etc., 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 etc. Not very bad, but uh, political language. Um, uh, and we're still right behind John Sheridan, and we've got, and they're admitting yeah. we've got one of the biggest budgets in the National yeah. League. And when you look through their squad, I'm not, not they've got not, some experienced players oh, there as well, haven't they? they? Yeah, they're um, not going to be bottom for very long. Yeah. Well, they? that's exactly what Gary Johnson was saying in his yeah. presser. He he said, look, they may be bottom at the moment, but believe you me, they, John Sheridan will will yeah. get it going. And obviously, he said, well, you know, we're all hoping it's not it's not this weekend. Uh, the, the the one thing that you have to say about United this season. They go everywhere to win. Yeah. There is no thought at, at Playmore of going to Chesterfield, Bromley, you name it, Woking, whatever, Barnet, to play for a win. Hmm. Chesterfield will have to handle Torquay coming at them on Saturday yeah. in front of their own fans. And I think that's, that's one of the key things. It's, obviously, that's the way Gary Johnson likes to play, and which he always does play. Yeah. But one of the good spin-offs of that is, and we saw it at Barnet a few weeks ago, is that you, when United are coming at you with that energy and that pace and moving the ball and passing the ball quickly, yeah. the effect it has on the home fans is very interesting and quite important. Now, Chesterfield are a crowd. They don't believe they should be in the conference anyway, the National League anyway. They're angry about that and yeah. frustrated about that. And they haven't won a game. It's not going well. Teams like Dover Athletic have duffed them up in, in front of their own supporters. And... Those fans yeah. can turn. Chesterfield fans, great people, you know, no problem at all. But in that situation, they are one of the biggest clubs to be relegated yeah. to the National League. And those fans, not just of that club, but of one or two others, Tranmere were the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's not doesn't make them bad supporters, but you can that that crowd can turn. Now you imagine it doesn't matter whether you're on a King's Ransom to play. If you've got four or five thousand people, yeah. Uh, in a stadium like the Proax Stadium at Chesterfield, it's a good stadium, isn't it? Oh, you're lovely. Yeah, nice. And stadium. And, and and they're on your back. Yeah. It it it's it's not hard to see how those sometimes can unravel. And United, give them credit, are the type of team to put Chesterfield under that kind of pressure yeah. at home. Yeah. They will not sit back. And if United get one up, I mean, they, they, they in the closing stages at Woking. You could see United weren't satisfied with a one-all draw. Yeah. At two-all yeah. at Barnet, after Barnet have come back to two-all, you know, United are still trying to get the winner. They will do that. That's yeah. what Johnson demands of them. And one of the good spin-offs of that is that away from home, you can get, you can turn the yeah. crowd. Yeah. Should be a good game. Good game in uh, in every respect. A um, couple of little bits of housekeeping to do before we leave you. There were stories this week about an ex-Torquay player, uh, Billy Key. Yeah. Um, How sad that is. He's, he's having specialist treatment uh, for depression. I anxiety. think everybody's known for a while. Anemia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody's known for a while that Billy Key, um, who played for United under Paul Buckle, played mm. in the 2011 playoff final, I think, at Old Trafford. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, young striker, we got him from Leicester. I think you know everybody could see there was a certain natural oh, yeah, potential yeah, for sco- yeah. goal scoring there. He played quite a few games for United on the wing, I remember, which didn't yeah. seem quite right, but so. Um, and I think it's fairly well documented that that he's been playing for Accrington. He's been scoring loads of goals for Accrington. He's he is 
the the master penalty taker for them. Yeah. But he has had these issues before. He's spoken about them, written about them, uh, very honestly and yeah. and bravely, as much as anything, to try and help other people who suffer from it. He has not appeared this season at all. Has not surfaced. No. And. Um, Accrington Stanley put out a statement at the start of the season to confirm that, and they've now um, obviously updated that with a with a confirmation that he's he's, uh, you know, I don't, you and I don't know what the proper language to use, but he's he's obviously hasn't improved and he's 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 suffering at the yeah. moment and and you know he was a lovely lad and, and nice nice yeah he nice was lad. And good a, and player a, and it's oh yeah and yeah. and it's so sad isn't it and especially yeah. on the back of. Um, Angus McDonald, he's you know he's obviously grappling with yeah. with bowel cancer, and, and we all wish him the best of luck. And, and when when these sort of horrible things happen to people that have been in your club and you know them quite well, it's um, yeah, it's just a bit of a jolt, isn't it? Yeah. So um, the, the very best wishes to Billy Key absolutely and his family yeah. from the podcast and from quite. everybody at Talk United. He's a very popular player on the pop side. Well, he was, and and also that this is. It does throw a little light on the on the life of a footballer, which mm. is full of insecurities and full of uncertainties about: Are yeah. you up? Are you down? Are you in favour? Are you out of favour? What What's happening next year? Will you you know all these sort of stuff? Yeah. And and it is a very uncertain profession. Um, what am I going to do when I stop playing? You know, and and it's it, it, thankfully more attention is now being paid mm -hmm. to potential problems around football yeah. clubs and sports clubs generally you know it can be rugby professional rugby teams you know uh, all of these things is that, is that everybody needs just to keep a little eye out for the lads who and and maybe lasses as well in in professional sports as well who may be going through yeah. a little bit yeah. of a tough time not quite sure about things uh, can't handle the pressure quite as well as one or two other people and instead of back in the day it was the old pull yourself together and man up stuff and we all yeah. know thankfully now that it's not possible we're, we're for everybody really to do that yeah now, we? exactly but, um, yeah well, very very best wishes to billy key um another note that i've got here the announcer's job at Plainmore is um it is it's is, 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 i say up for grabs but it's not um you, you'd have to be a a certain kind of person to be able to carry that off. We've, there have been some great stadium announcers at Playmore over the years. Fred Jago. Fred Jago. Pete wow. Wiley. Pete Wiley, of course. And yes. more recent incumbents as well, Brett and Dominic and all the guys. And Patrick's yes. been up there as well on the yeah. microphone. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's an one important of those, job, isn't it? It is an important job. And it's one of those jobs that I think a lot of people hear the stadium announcer doing their stuff. And it's kind of more, well, I could do that. I could do yeah. that job and that. Well, go on then. Could you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you you, you yeah. sit in front of that microphone and carry it off. Mm -hmm. And you do need a certain um, elan, don't yeah, you? There's you, a bit you, of bravado needed. That's a better there, word. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. To, to carry that sort of thing off and to engage people and, and make it fun yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. No, it's a much more difficult job than it looks, put it like, or it sounds, put it like that. And it's not just a question of reading the teams out, is there? You've got it is to not. Do. There's always that moment where you, uh, with the owner of car registration number, <laughs> such and such, and there have been, to be honest, there have been games at Playmore in the past when I wished it had been mine. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and it's every now and again to have that talent and that ability to turn a routine little announcement into something that 
yeah is entertaining and funny and 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 whatever and we've all you know probably can't think of them now but but moments when announcers have reduced everybody yeah. to gales of laughter yeah. with with either a, a clever little observation or or, or whatever yeah. and to to have that brain to keep to keep that going around all the time and of course do the proper announcing bit. Yeah. No, it's not as easy not as it as sounds. Not as easy as, as the guys who have been up there over the past few years have made it sound. Yeah. I think it's they've done a terrific job and whoever comes in and does it has got a pretty hard act yeah. to follow. Good luck to them. Well, that, so that's it for this week's podcast. Apart from to mention that Talker United are playing in Europe this weekend. I was just about to say, you're off to foreign climbs for the weekend. Yeah, the yeah. Talker United walking football team, yeah. the august body of gentlemen. Uh, it is just, just gentlemen at the moment, but it's not an exclusive thing. Um, we're off to Brittany. Yeah. At the crack well, of dawn tomorrow morning. Well done. Good luck. Um, Plymouth Argyle will be there as well. Um, our old rivals from Argyle are playing in the tournament in Pontivy. Have you done a bit of scouting over there? Does that, do you know who you're meeting? And uh... well, I know the names. I can't oh. remember them offhand, but no, it'll be. So you don't know which side, which side the, the the French penalty takers go or anything no, like that. No, we, no, have, no, we haven't no. explored it to that extent. Quite right, but, too. Um, yeah, that would have been yeah, worrying. Yeah. So two days of football, Saturday and Sunday, Great. flying the flag for Talker United in Brittany. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll tell you all about that. Well, we'll tell you most about that next week. Yeah, what goes on tour stays, stays on, on tour. tour. That's that. Those so, are the ground rules. For yeah, this weekend. exactly. Yeah, and uh, but you'll be back for Dagenham at home next Saturday. Oh yes, Saturday yeah, week. yeah, 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 good. yeah. Back for uh, back for next week. So uh, we'll be we'll have some stories to tell. Fortunate that it fell on an away game rather it is, than a home it is. game. It's almost as if we planned it. So thank you very much for your time. This has been the uh, Talking United Yellow Army podcast again. And as ever, we finish with Come on, on you yellows. yellows. Or Allez les Jaunes this weekend. <laughs> oh, marvellous. You've been listening to the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talker United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.